Tim's lunch. Tim's lunch. What's up, buddy? Hey, hey, look. Champs Lunch, a Schmodown podcast from the hosts of Some Like It, Scott. I'm Scott Harvey, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Scott Shelton. Scott, we're checking in a little bit earlier than usual this month. Usually we do our Champs Lunch episodes at the end of the month, recapping all the Schmodown action from the previous month, but we wanted to do a special episode here in the middle of the month uh, because, you know, as we've talked about on our last Champs Lunch and on our uh, Some Like It, Scott podcast for some time now, uh, we did just get back from the Houston live event uh, that was this past weekend in uh, Texas City, Texas, I guess, technically, at the Booker T World Gym Arena. And I think I speak for both of us when I say that we are still riding a high um, from everything that we experienced, the matches, and also just the whole live event experience. And so we wanted to take a second and uh, talk about uh, what the whole live experience was like for people who weren't there or for people who uh, are interested in going to a live event in the future have maybe never been to one before because this was our first one as well. Uh, did I adequately describe your feelings there of, of still riding high from this? Oh, very, very adequately. Riding high from the entire weekend, right? Yeah. I mean, we talked to, I mean, this is a Schmodown podcast. We're talking, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about the Schmodown here in a second, but not just the live event, you know, what we did after, what we did the night before, going to Ellis's comedy show, all of it was fantastic. Uh, of course, the live event itself stands highest among, amongst those things, but that's a, that's a very, very high bar for anything else to meet, and I think you described it as a, a top 10 experience uh, for you on our, on our way back, and I, I'd say that that's uh, easily clearing that bar for me as well. Yeah, uh, and when we say top 10, we mean top 10 of things we've ever done, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it's definitely definitely top 10, maybe even top five, honestly, that good. But yeah, so, you know, as you said, we are going to talk about, in addition to the matches, we're going to talk about sort of the whole experience and everyone that we got to meet and talk to. Uh, but I want to say, I d- we're not going to bring it up for the purpose of flexing, right? Like, because the the Schmodown crew, they were talking to everyone, right? Like, we weren't, yeah. we weren't special. Um, yeah. And that's one of the great things about them is that they, you know, we're available to everyone, and and we're happy to talk to anyone. But we're you know we're gonna bring this up. We're gonna talk about who we talked to, just because we want y'all to know how awesome everybody was, and because you know in addition to the matches, it is part of the live event experience. Uh, if you do the live event experience the right way, uh, of getting these opportunities to interact with all of the Schmodown and Collider cl- crew. So with that, I think we should start uh, by talking about what went down at Ellis's show on Friday. Um, just go chronologically here. Um, you know, Scott, I didn't coming into the weekend, like obviously one of my major goals was to try to meet, uh, and, and chat with as many people as possible, but I, I wasn't really sure what sort of the quality of those interactions would be. I, I think my impression was kind of that it would just be a sort of, Hey, you know, this is who we are. Love watching you, you know, big fan or whatever of the horsemen, something like that. Um, and that would be that. I, I, you know, I didn't expect that we would have full-on conversations with uh, a lot of people. But that's exactly what we had, right? Um, and I think it all of that started at Ellis's comedy show on Friday. We got there early. Um, we were going to the late show, the ten o'clock show. Um, we got there earlier while the first show was actually still finishing, um, and we were able to talk to a number of people in that time. Uh, I want to save for the end the probably our favorite two people that we talked to, um, one of whom we talked to on both nights and one of whom we only talked to on Saturday night. 
you know, when I say our, the, our favorite pe- people, like everyone was amazing to interact with. Honestly, yeah. like if you listen to the Schmodan Collider stuff all the time, you know, you've heard people, if, if you're involved in the fan communities, you've heard people talk about how awesome everyone is. Having experienced it now for ourselves, we can absolutely confirm that. Um, they're the best. And, you know, th- they're fans just like us. I think that's why they're so willing uh, to talk to us about the Schmodown or, you know, whatever you want to talk about. So, uh, you know, a- as a precursor uh, to talking about what what we were able to do, um, I think if you're considering going to a live event, you haven't been to one before, and you don't know sort of how to interact with some of these people just say their name right like if they're walking by say their name they're gonna they're gonna want to talk to you just be friendly because they uh are there for a reason right like obviously they they like to hang out with each other but um they could do that at any venue without telling the fans about it so uh take advantage of your opportunities to talk to these people because it really does add to the live experience but the first person which we we were able to talk to at the the comedy club was actually not a schmodown person I, I guess he is behind the camera during some matches but brett sheridan um of course as many will know did a opening set um at uh, ellis's comedy show on friday night uh and we caught him by the bar while the first show was still going on so not a lot of people were really out there and we were able to to chat with him a little bit scott any takes on uh, our conversation with brett and, and you know g- looking forward a little bit on the the five minutes that brett did getting back into the comedy world for the first time uh in i think he told us four or five years yeah he said it'd been a while uh no I, you know brett's someone who you know a lot better than i do just from how much you listen to clutter live whereas i only listen you know a couple times here and there when i have the time and but he was an absolute pleasure to talk to right like welcoming he definitely set the tone for the entire weekend yeah. and what the interactions would be like and he was nice i really enjoyed hearing his perspective on you know just go, you know doing comedy because we basically just talked with him mostly around doing stand up comedy mm-hmm. and i think that's always really interesting to hear someone's take for to your point he mentioned it had been a few years since he'd done uh, any stand up and it had been a long time since he'd done it consistently and so from that perspective i thought it was really interesting to get his take on that and then going to the actual comedy portion of it, what he was like doing the show yeah it was it was clear that like i mean he and he said this as well and i mean that that you know he felt the rust a yeah. little bit he's like yeah i looked at my notes like you know you used to get killed back in the day when whenever you looked at your notes and it was probably it was a huge no-no but now it, it's fine like it is what it is and and they're you know being nice to me and letting me look at my notes and stuff and you know th- that being said i think he knew what that experience of doing stand-up comedy again was going to be like. He leaned into it really well, and he created a five-minute set that was really fun, uh, really entertaining, and didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, I think that uh, while it wasn't as as smooth as it would have been back when he was in his heyday of doing comedy, I think the way that he was able to play off the fact that he, you know, forgot a joke or had to look at his notes or something like that yep. shows that he's a professional. And you still, you, you never lose that professional instinct in the world of stand-up comedy, um, sure. no matter how long you've been out of the game. Yeah, so after we talked to Brett, though, uh, we were actually able to talk to Christian Harloff for, uh, you know, a couple minutes, which, of course, was really exciting because, you know, as much as Harloff and Ellis are the co-creators of Down, it's really Harloff's brainchild, right? He's probably done the most for anybody when it comes to uh, advancing the Schmodown to the point that it is today. So even to get two or three minutes to talk to the chairman himself uh, was pretty awesome. And it's, you know, he's obviously a busy man. He had a lot going on. Um, but we did get that opportunity, which was awesome. Really interesting just to see him talk about those things. Clearly he has so much inside his head, which is, you know, his job. He has the full 
of uh, of activities over at Collider and of course for the showdown. And it was just really cool to to see him kind of live talking, thinking through things, uh, kind of explaining how he thinks about these different issues, both within Collider and uh, of course that expands out to the showdown as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then before we went into the comedy show, uh, a minute or two with the man whose quote uh, makes up the the title of our show, Champs Lunch, Mr. Andrew Guy himself. He was wonderful to talk to, super nice guy, which is kind of funny to think about when you think about how despicable his character is in the Schmodown. But, you know, I guess that just shows what a good performer he is because, you know, Christian's talked about it before that he thinks Guy is the best. Uh, and I think, you know, the disparity of him off screen and on screen really uh, speaks to his talent as a performer. But he was great. You know, we, we mentioned our show. We were like, nobody listens to it. But we have the show called Champs. And he was like, you got to tweet it at me. So we're going to make sure to do that. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, I always had heard that Guy is one of those people in the Schmodown, which is, of course, a huge contrast to to his character, as you pointed out. And, and it was just really awesome to have that reaffirm. He really is such, such a nice guy. And as almost everyone is there, it's not like he's particularly. Guy. Uh, yeah, he, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> Everybody was really enjoyable at the comedy show, even Roca. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we had uh, our. our uh, ideas going in i guess about how roca would be just based on what people at collider have talked about with his stand-up before but he was great yeah but so as far as the comedy show goes i think the highlight for me was probably so i i did wear my wake forest shirt because of course ellis you know wake forest guy talks about wake forest all the time uh and you know where our seats were we actually were because we got there so early we were like right up against the stage right there so as soon as we sat down i was like he's gonna comment about my wake forest shirt uh, I know he is, which, which is what I wanted. I mean, that's why I wore the shirt. Uh, and sure enough, you know, 15, 20 minutes in, he locks eyes with me and, and goes, sir, are you wearing a Wake Forest shirt? Uh, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, did you go to Wake Forest? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I go there right now. And he's like, all right, comes over, gives me a high five from the stage. And then as he's walking off, is like, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Lori Laughlin's money gone to good use. Um, and of course, Scott and I were dying laughing at that. Uh, and you know, it shows what a professional he is because that was completely off the cuff and, and was one of the best jokes of the night. But with that being said, there were a lot of really good jokes over 45 minute long set probably. And, you know, Christian talks about how he thinks Ellis is kind of at the top of his game right now when it comes to stand up, And that was definitely on display. Yeah, for sure. I mean, clearly Ellis, a master of the arts, you get, you see the little snippets of it in the Shimodan all the time when he's on the desk calling a match, but getting that you know, fully strung together with full bits for 45 minutes to an hour was so, so enjoyable and just really funny guy, real professional. Like you said, he plays off the crowd so well too, which is one thing that I think the best comedians are that are really good at. And I just really, I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it uh, from start to finish. I was expecting to enjoy the comedy show, of course, but it even surpassed my expectations for it. Yeah, I think that's the theme of the weekend. Everything sort of surpassed our expectations. Yeah. It, it won't be the first time. Great expectations. It won't be the yeah. last time you hear me say that. <laughs> yeah. But before we left the comedy club, we had a great uh, opportunity to talk to um, the birthday boy himself, Mark Riley. And then we also chatted with John Rocco before we left. We had a nice conversation about uh, the beautiful game, soccer, with uh, with John Rocco. Some nice back and forth between he and I, him being a Liverpool guy, him being an Everton guy, but he was super great to you talk mean you, to. You being an Everton guy. Is that what it is? That, did you I said say he was? being oh, a Liverpool no, 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 guy no. and he being an Everton no, guy. No, yeah, me being an Everton guy, of course. <laughs> he was super great to talk to, very knowledgeable about the soccer stuff. Um, he backed up his Liverpool allegiance yeah. to a satisfactory degree <laughs> um, to me. So uh, he, he was great um, and enjoyed talking to him on both nights, actually. Yeah, agreed. Roca is a fun guy to talk to. He did give me a little bit of shit for being a Manchester City. So there you go. 
Yeah, there you go. So now, Scott, let's get into the event. Um, you know, we, we got there to the World Gym Arena, uh, got our meet and greet with Harloff and Ellis, which was really just kind of a picture, but still a great opportunity. We got a picture with them. I got Ellis to flash the Wake Forest Demon Deacon tat for a special photo with me since I had my Wake hat on, which was awesome. Like, I, again, that's one of those things, like, in come, going into the weekend, I was like, It'd be cool if it happened, but it's never actually going to happen. And then it did. Yeah. Um, surpassing. Now you have your profile picture for at least the next ten years. Yeah, probably, so. <laughs> um, probably true, honestly. But we'll we'll get into the event itself. You know, we had a really good seat ringside. We were kind of on the side of the ring where everything happened, where people, where everyone entered and, and you yeah. know walked past before they went into the ring. You. You know, you, you might see us on the uh, final video. We don't know once they edit everything together. But, yeah, you definitely um, saw us on the live stream. Yeah. First match, Founding Fathers, Double Toasted undercard. Um, Scott, you know, we didn't know what to expect from Double Toasted because it had been so long since they played in the Schmodown. This was only their second match. They did win their first match, but it was against, you know, not one of the stronger teams in the league and the Real Rejects. And again, they've been out of the game for a while going up against an opponent like the Founding Fathers. Was always going to be tough for them, but... It certainly wasn't any easier once they got in the ring either because uh, the match turned out to be a pretty clinical win for Founding Fathers. Yeah, I mean, John Roca, Dan Merle, everyone knows how strong they are in live events. They've been incredibly strong in the ones that they've been in before. I would say that this might even be their strongest performance in a live event because they uh, cold knocked out uh, Double Toasted, Mm -hmm. who, you know, it was clear that they might have been suffering a little bit of ring rust, quite literally, in terms of the ring this time. Uh, but also, spinning westerns uh, in the second round really uh, dug dug their grave for them in that match, and it was inevitable uh, that, that they would be knocked out. Yeah, and they're another team that sort of suffers from that. One player being a little bit better than the other. I think Martin clearly was the stronger trivia player uh, out of the two. Uh, Corey tried some sort of uh, under-the-table tactics to try to, uh, try to uh, get in their heads. He actually... Jumped on Roca's back and actually, like, literally injured him. Actually, injured he was limping. Roca was limping around after the show, uh, but it didn't. It didn't uh, pay dividends in the ring because, like you said, it was a knockout. Merle getting a perfect round in the. But then the westerns, we kind of uh, had our doubts about what how they'd be able to do with the category, and they only picked up one point, I think. And there were yeah. definitely some steals in there. I think. I think the they got four points out of steals. Yeah, and so it it was really. It was it was a simple matter for the Founding Fathers once they got their chance to spin the wheel, and they did put the game away in three or four questions. Um, but despite, you know, the match being a blowout, it was still awesome to see, you know, two of the Mount Rushmore guys right there competing yeah. in front of us, including the greatest of all time, Dan Merle. And so not disappointed at all in the match because, you know, we did think Founding Fathers were going to I didn't think it was going to be a when? knockout, no. but yeah. once the the way the, the the things went in the event, it wasn't surprising that it was. To your point, yeah, Corey trying to get into Roca's head by jumping on him and, and literally injuring him. But per Roca, after the match, he did do get, get Corey one back there by punching him in the balls <laughs> once he was in the ring. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of of punches to the 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 balls or other areas of the body. Um, the main event, um, yeah. Ben Bateman versus there Andrew Guy. There were some Guy. body blows, for the, sure. Uh, literally and figuratively. Yeah. Uh, the action Civil War, which had been much hyped all season. Ba- maybe maybe best pro- best production value for a match of all time in terms of the lead into it, yeah. the the promo for what it. What went down during and then the match. What went, all the things that went down, even after the match started, yeah. that were unrelated to the trivia happening. Right. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, so I guess, you know, starting from the beginning, first of all, Andrew Guy comes out with Booker T, which we knew was going to happen. Uh, Booker T sort of led him to the ring. 
was standing there ringside. You know, and of course Booker T had said uh, before the match, the week before the match, that he wasn't going to allow um, manager Dagnino yeah. or Riley to be at the event. When we saw them the night before, the or co- even Robert Meyer Burnett, I think. Either. Yeah, yeah. When we saw them at the club the night before the comedy club, we kind of thought, okay, they're probably gonna something's gonna happen at the live event. And sure enough, when Bateman came out, so did Tom. Got in a little bit of an interaction with Dagnino, and and Booker T came out on top in that interaction because Tom had to leave and go back behind the curtain uh, while the match was going on before the match even started. Uh, they as, like read the rules and everything. Yeah, as well. Um, probably the the biggest surprise of the night um, was that Robert Meyer Burnett was there, and that he had managed to stay hidden completely. Um, that you know they hadn't really teased at all that he was going to be there, uh, but he came out, guys, manager, uh, walked up to Booker T, had to had a few words with him, and was allowed to go stand on guys' side of the ring uh, during the match. And yeah, so then the match kicked off. Uh, Bateman. Finished the first round, I believe, with a two or three point lead. I think it was a two point lead. Two point lead uh, going into round two. There was some controversy about um, whether a Guy had asked for a repeat uh, in time on one of the questions. Yeah, I I, re- I went back later that night and rewatched it. Rewatched the match again because I just wanted to relive it. Yeah, and it was very close. It, it, it's like it could have gone either way. I think it's a lot basically. easier to, to swallow. They, they said it at the same time. Yeah, and it's yeah. a lot easier to swallow considering what the result of the match actually was. Yeah. Second round starts, and before the second round kicks off, Andrew Guy brings out the person who we all thought was going to be there based on the scene at the end of the Fife Ellison match, uh, but you know, to that point had managed to stay incognito, and that yeah. was Roxy Stryer, uh, Ben's ex, walks in, goes over to the side of the ring, flips, flips in the two birds, bird. yeah. um, and uh, you know, the crowd went crazy, obviously, when that happened. Um, and then Andrew Guy steps up to the wheel, Spins the first time. He got, he got movie, movie release dates the got first time. Then the That's second spin uh, around. He got opponent's choice. Crowd goes nuts again, of course. Ben asks the crowd, you know, which category do you want me to give to him? Everyone was shouting movie release dates. Yeah. And he obliged, gave Guy movie release dates. And I have to say, quickly butt in here, before the match started, way more Andrew Guy support yeah, in oh, that crowd. Yeah. It was like by a factor of 10 decibels more Guy support. I mean, and yeah, that's another thing. Like, there were... You know, it, every seat was packed, but it was a pretty small gym. It was, you know, 300 people there, maybe. I have no idea how many seats were there, but, but it was you, a great atmosphere. You would not have known it from the sound, right? I mean, yeah. everyone was on their feet yelling. Like, it might it might as well have been that 1,000-seat Athenium Theater in Chicago where they did the last live event. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine that anyone would be disappointed with the atmosphere, despite it being, I guess, on a smaller scale to some extent. I mean, obviously, you have the wrestling ring, but... Um, than yep. some of the previous live events. But second round, you know, Guy gets movie release dates as a result of that opponent's choice. I'm not sure he even got a single point in the round. Ben getting a lot of steals. Obviously no, I know that he is because he, he ended the match with five points. Yeah. Ben getting a lot of steals. Obviously, it is one of his strengths. Um, and I think he, he had every steal. I think he got all four yeah. steals. I think he had like a seven-point lead by the time it bounced over to him. Uh, and, you know, it was honestly so perfect the way it worked out because I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they had planned before the match when everybody was going to come out. Yeah. But with Ben having just taken the wind completely out of Guy's sails, gets to his turn to to spin yeah. the wheel. Everything was, was against him before the match. And this is the moment when everyone walks out. Tom Dagnino, Mark Riley, John Roca, and Dan Merle. They have words with Booker T. They're allowed to come stand on Bateman's side of the ring this time. Um, and that was when, you know, we started talking. We're like, 
Horseman reveal yeah. is coming. Booker like, T also was we didn't see it live, but it, I went when I went back and rewatched the stream. Booker T actually flip like flips guy a bird at that point, <laughs> which is hilarious. Booker T was awesome. Like he was yeah. killing it. You know, we're not wrestling guys at all, so we yeah. didn't have any background sort of on Booker T, and we weren't sure what his contribution to the event would be like yeah. either. But he was loving it. Like you know, as much as he's talked hyped up the schmodown before, I'm not sure he'd ever really seen a schmodown before yeah. this. I mean, he's certainly never seen something like you know, a, a Schmodown Live event before. But he was really getting into it. Like, yeah. you could tell. he. One of the questions, he he, he looked over at us and was like, I know it, I know it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just his interactions with all the people as they came in were, were great. So shout out to Booker T for help, you know, helping the whole event happen by having it at his gym and then yeah. showing up uh, and, you know, being really invested in what was going on. Uh, but, yeah, so the, the three horsemen at that point, as well as Ben's manager, Tom Dagnino, came out. Um, crowd still going nuts. Ben spins, gets spinner's choice. Uh, talks, and, talks with Riley yeah. and Dagnino. And in, in, in the ultimate power move, decides to spin again. Yeah. Um, and ends up getting spinner's choice again. Uh, <laughs> the crowd was just obviously in a fury at this point. Yeah. Um, and chooses uh, Oscars, which is kind of his other strength. So really both of his strengths came up. Yeah. Uh, and I think it took him three questions. Yeah. Um, and... He put guy away. Um, Total knock. Everyone came into the mat uh, to the ring, and that's when we got um, you know best the, kayfabe scene of all time. Yeah, you, you knew Harloff with it being with it being a, in a wrestling ring. You knew Harloff being being the wrestling guy that he is was not gonna uh, let Waste this event it. pass yeah. without some actual wrestling action going down. And first guy picks up a chair. Yeah, Robert Meyer Burnett hands him a chair, yeah. which we couldn't see from our advantage, but saw he him. starts to run at uh, Bateman, but Booker T steps in, grabs the chair. Hands it to Bateman. Takes the chair from him. Yeah, guy runs. Well, no. Well, guy. So, the guy then tries to get out of the ring, and Roca pulls him oh, back yeah. into the ring. Then he runs at Ben. Ben hits him with the chair once. He falls down while he's on the ground. Ben holds the chair over his head and smashes guy with it while he's yeah. laying on the ground. Um, and trust me, he smashed him with it because we you could hear, hear it. it. You yeah. Could, I hope that I hope that when we see this match on Friday in its edited form, I hope that you can hear. Yeah. How hard Ben hit him with that chair. Um, yeah, and, and we heard afterwards from, from Emma that in the, in the rehearsals for this, Ken, she and Ken Knapsack, Knapsack were getting on to, to Ben, ben because yeah. he wasn't hitting hey. Andrew Guy hard enough. Yeah. Um, like, hit him! Hit him! So I think he definitely, uh, he definitely satisfied them in the end. Uh, but then, of course, with Guy laying there in the ground, that was the moment when we got the second horseman reveal. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that it quite matches up to the first because we kind of did think it was going to happen, but man, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah. that, that again, that was one of the whole, you know, takeaways from the night was that even though things that we thought were going to happen, like Roxy coming out, like... Uh, Even ben, the horseman. Ben yeah. joining the horseman, yeah. yeah. We thought they were going to happen. That didn't diminish, you know... Anything whatsoever yeah. from from when they actually did happen, and even though the matches were blowouts, the whole spectacle was amazing. Yeah, um, gonna go ahead and uh, call my shot now. Moment of the year is probably going to be Ben destroying guy. I mean, I mean as as a member of Team Bateman, yeah. I, I have to show my cards there. It's gonna but. be in the nominee field for sure. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, so after the show was over, we did not have the the top tier tickets, so we didn't get to stay for the post show meet and greet and uh, Q and A. Yeah. But we, you know, decided. You know, there was a few people we still wanted to talk to, so we would go outside, wait outside the venue um, for everyone to come out. We were outside for about 15 minutes, and Ben Bateman actually came out. Um, We had a a couple, we had a few words with him, only a couple minutes we were able to chat with him. 
because he had to go back inside to take pictures. But before he did, he uh, he told us that everyone was going to be at this bar, yeah, the bar in there Texas in Texas City. City. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that wasn't even something that I had thought of, like, oh, I wonder yeah. where they're going after this or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, I'm so glad that we stayed and... Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like it was a secret. No, no, yeah. no, not at all. I mean, he told it to everybody who was out there. So Scott and I, at that point, you know, we had an 8 a.m. flight back to, to Chattanooga the next day. But we looked at each other and we were like, you know, we're going to be really tired if we do this. But we're we have do to this. do this, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, again, that's the that's the advice I would give to anyone who um, is looking to do a live event the right way is take every opportunity you get. Yeah. Sacrifice you know, sleep. sleep, whatever, for uh, a day or two, if it means, you know, getting to to interact with these these folks. Or just uh, don't book an 8 a.m. flight after the event. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, pull a Tom Dagnino move. Um, yeah, for reference, was, Tom Dagnino was looking at flights at the bar afterwards. Yeah. Uh, he clearly had not booked move. his flight yet. Yeah, uh, He's probably still there, honestly. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he's still in that bar. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so we actually, like, pieced out at the perfect time, kind of, um, and went to the to, to go to the bar. Yeah, we got there a little bit early. Yeah, we posted up at the end of the bar. At that point, when we got there, there were only about 12, 15 Schmo- people there, and they were all Schmodown fans. Yeah. Um, we posted up at the end of the bar, um, which turned out to be a great spot because a lot of people ended up circulating around there. Um, and so, yeah, it, it didn't take long for the whole crew to show up. Um, yeah, people trickled in. Some yeah, and so I guess now we'll, we'll talk about probably our two favorite people to talk to. Uh, coming in a close second, at least for me, I think was was yeah. Bobby Gucci himself, Tom Dagnino. Um, truly an unforgettable experience. Probably uh, between the two nights, probably had about forty five minutes to an hour talking. To I him, mean, which yeah, is crazy. It, it was close to that. Um, yeah. He uh, lives it, up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've heard before, like watching his character. He's obviously so out there in the Schmodown with Finstock and all that. And watching him in, on Collider Life, he's kind of the same. And, you know, you've heard Christian and everyone talk about how, yeah, that's him. But I still, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, that can't really be him, right? Like, some of this has to be an act to a degree. Not an it's act. Not. Um, yeah. What you see is what you get with Tom Dagnino. Um, he is uh, truly a one-of-a-kind individual. Um, told us some absolutely absurd stories about, like, his long-running beef with Frank Stallone. Yeah. Um, he gave us some uh scoop on like future episodes of little bobby and the juice including like the season premiere of no, no, season no, we won't talk about it season two yeah um we're not going to talk about no what detail. it's about yeah, yeah. no 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 i'm not gonna spoil i'm not gonna spoil that for him um but like gave us the whole rundown on the episode that he had like written on the flight i mean if he had written it we have our doubts but um yeah. He obviously I, mean, I think the rule of thumb of time is that eighty to ninety percent of it is true, and then there's going to be. Some well, yeah. What was it he said to us? Like ninety five percent. Yeah, he said ninety five percent. I think yeah. he might be exaggerating a little bit, but yeah. you know, a, a, a very large amount of what he says uh-huh. seems to be true. <laughs> but he was uh, he was quite something. You know, we talked to him about the Critics Choice Awards and everything that went down there as yeah. well. He gets off on a lot of segues. He told us at one point he's like, he's a big segue I'm guy. a big Segway guy." Yeah, um, which was hilarious. Yeah, we but... went from Frank Stallone to Tessa Thompson. Back to the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. To some lawyer that got, you know, it doesn't matter, but to a lawyer. But yeah, he's yeah. another guy that despite, you know, being a little bit unseemly, his character in the Schmodown, like, couldn't have been nicer to talk to. Um, yeah. Was willing to talk to us about literally anything. Yeah. Um, get him going. He'll get... Yeah, I know. Seriously, gas him up and, <laughs> and you'll never hear the end of it. It was great. But then probably our, our favorite person to talk to, at least my favorite, was yeah. um, someone who w- was one of the people that wasn't out on Friday and that we definitely wanted to meet going to the bar on Saturday. And that was Emma Fife herself, the Golden Mike, uh, the 
commissioner of the teams in Intergeekdom, Patreon manager, came in about 30, 45 minutes after we got there, walked right down to the end of the bar where we were because she was trying to order food. Yeah. At that point, we, we had a conversation with her for about four or five minutes or so. Then she was having trouble getting the bartender's attention, so she like went down to the middle of the bar, ordered her food, and then like a, a, a few minutes later, came back. Wandered back. Yeah, yeah, came back down to where we were, uh, and so we we got the we uh, got her attention again. Again, like just call these people's names out. If you're if you're concerned about like how to start an interaction, like yeah. unless like so for example, Roxy was like sitting in the back talking to her friend for the whole time. It, it was kind of clear that she didn't want to be bothered, so you know we didn't bother her. Yeah. Unless someone is doing like that, do not be afraid to just like say their name, grab them as they walk by or something. Not uh, physically. Not physically grab yeah, them, of course. <laughs> um, and, you know, have a few words with them because they're absolutely willing to talk to you. Um, so, we, you know, we got a selfie with Emma and then we ended up talking to her for probably a solid 15, 20 minutes yeah. uh, about the Patreon, about, you know, her background getting into the Schmodown um, yeah. and stuff coming up. And, could not have been nicer like seriously the best like they have the best person honestly running the patreon and the the best person to be interacting with the fans like on a daily basis yeah um because we've seen how impatient christian can get with the fan base i can't imagine if like he was managing (laughs) the discord or something Uh, he would just be going off in there every day but emma like could not have been better um especially because like you know she came in she wanted to get that food she got her food like I mean, after talking to us, she grabbed her food, she ate, and then she was gone. Like, and yeah, so I think beast. I think clearly she had one thing in mind when she went in there, um, yeah. and which was to eat and you know, get out of there um, because obviously she'd had a super long day. Yeah, and, she probably hadn't eaten since lunch. And yeah, it was like ten of ten p.m. Yeah. or later at this point. And yet, despite you know all of that, still took the time to have a meaningful conversation with us uh, and uh, very positive impact. Yeah, yeah, she was the best. We also, you know, a few other people. Yeah. We had another conversation there. with Roka. Right. We, yeah. we didn't get to talk to Dan Merle because he was not there. We didn't get to talk to Roxy. Those were like the two that I was kind of yeah. disappointed in. We chatted with Roka again. He and yeah. Scott got into a little back and forth about John Wick. the merits of John Wick, too. It, I mean, it really sounded like a, a conversation ripped straight off of a movie talk episode. Hey, it was a lot of fun. I, I hope that Roka didn't think too negatively about my opinions. No. But I really enjoyed that I don't think he was. Me. I think he's used to disagreeing with, with, with Snyder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But even though, you know, there was some back and forth, it was all in good fun. It was all good natured the whole time. So, yeah, do we get any good Schmodown scoops from anybody? Uh, Well, one thing that was interesting to me that was that something Riley told us on Saturday night. You know, we we said to him, we were like, you know, are you excited about having two new horsemen or whatever? And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just glad Bateman won. Like, I don't know what would have happened if... It, no, he, he said he, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened if Guy had won. And I was like, yeah, you know, we were wondering what was going to happen if Guy had won. And he was like, yeah, man, I might not have even been in the Horseman if that happened. Yeah. Which makes me even more curious now about what actually would have happened had Andrew Guy won that match. But that was good. Um, but also, it's so interesting to see, I mean, Riley coming off a, a, an admirable loss to Snyder. I mean, gr- incredible match. One of the matches of the year yeah. so far. Hearing his perspective on everything that's happened so far this year, even though that they've been on you know quite a bit of a losing streak with the two of them combined about how that's really not uh, that wasn't at all their mentality mm-hmm. and that they really had felt like they were still right where they left off at the end of last season going up at a title match in the Shirewolves and just little things here and there not going their way and it's always interesting to, to hear their mindset and you know Riley being someone who has 
probably one of the best attitudes and mindset in the Schmodown. But just hearing that from him was so fascinating to get a, a true competitor's perspective on on the league. Yeah, and Roca also told us we probably won't see him in singles for a while. I imagine he'll be back in the Ultimate Schmodown. I think that's, that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I, he's kind of focusing on the, the teams right now. They're going to get their shot against corruption at some point. We don't exactly know when. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Might, maybe at, maybe at the collision, we'll see. Yeah, but kind of seemed like not after the match. But yeah, Janine is a guy girl apparently. Um, we yeah, didn't know that. that. Today. Um, we, we don't know if that's that. part of kayfabe or not. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, so I it, and I mean, I guess last thing would be like, don't be afraid to talk to them about the schmodown either. You know, like I was I was describing it to my mom. I was like. If you were like meeting a baseball player or something, you might not go after them and be like talking about like Talk the about game stats. that they had or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but like these guys, like I said at the top of the show, they're fans like the rest of us, so they like talking about the stuff. Um, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not their day job. Yeah, right. It's their, pa- it's more their passion. Right. So. Um, so, so overall, as you can tell, we had an incredible time. Could not have imagined that we would get the kind of opportunities to interact with everyone that we did. Yeah. Um, Especially Degnino. <laughs> yeah. But again, as the final note, I would say, not to gas ourselves up, but a lot of those opportunities were opportunities that we created, right? By yeah. calling someone's name out when they walked by, by deciding to go to the bar, even though we knew that it would be... Um, yeah, you got three hours. You said you checked your Fitbit. You got three two hours. Two hours and 59 minutes, yeah. actually, yeah. Um, oh, big flex there, bud. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. So, so, you know, do not be afraid to be proactive. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm like, I'm far from the most socially adept person, mm-hmm. um, but like there were no unpleasant or uncomfortable experiences that we had in talking to anyone. They couldn't have been nicer. Like it, it delivered in every way that I could have imagined and in some ways that I couldn't have imagined. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, like I said, kind of at the beginning, really was looking forward to both the comedy show and the live event. And across the board, everything surpassed expectations. And of course, never would have expected that I would have ended up at a bar with, you know, the Schmodown crew and, and some other Schmodown fans for what, two, three hours or however long it, is, it was that we were there. Absolutely. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. We, I mean, we got the full Bobby Gucci experience. Like, you can't ask <laughs> for much more, more yeah, full, than that. Full immersion. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I think that should just about do it. Scott, do you have any final thoughts about our time spent in Houston? No, I just, I just wish that we could uh, do it again. Even, I mean, I know that we plan on going to another one in the, in the future. We'll see if it's this year or next year, but can't wait. Yeah. I mean, my last piece of advice, if you're thinking about it, go do it right. You know, get the $50 tickets or whatever. I mean, even, you know, go as high as you can, obviously. Yeah. Um, I have no, we can't speak to what the the Q and a meet and greet after, after the post show. Meet and greet was like. I'm sure it was awesome. Great. It seemed seemed really cool from the things that, that we saw. But honestly, even if you can't even afford the fifty dollar ticket, if it's just the general missions, that's still great. Like, yeah, your seat won't be as good as if you got a VIP ticket or a meet and greet ticket, but you're still there. And like, and you can create those because the best experiences right. that we had were the ones that we created for exactly. Ourselves. And and that's what I was gonna say because like the meet and greet, it's not really a meet and greet. Like you just take pictures with them yeah. and. The far better experiences were the ones like that we had at yeah. the comedy club and at the yeah. bar. And the true um, value of the fifty dollars ticket, which I don't want to undervalue, yeah. is getting a good seat. Getting a good seat, yeah. absolutely. And it's totally worth the yes. extra money. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's gonna just about do it. I think for this special episode of Champs Lunch. Champs uh, Lunch. Yeah, we will be back at the end of the month um, with our traditional monthly recap, uh, minus Houston, of course. That's why we did this special episode. Uh, But until then, we hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Uh, If you have and you'd like to support us, please consider checking out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash mediaplugpods. You can also find us on all social media. Scott, what's your Twitter handle? At shelton 2013 That's right, and I'm at Scarvy Dent. 
Um, even if you choose not to support our podcast, uh, we hope you will rate, uh, review, subscribe, do all of those things on your preferred podcast format. Um, and yeah, we hope you will be back next time and, and as well as uh, for our next episode of Some Like It, Scott, which of course you can find right here in the same feed where you found this episode. Uh, some big movies coming up uh, that we'll be talking about during the summer season. The summer has kicked off, for yeah, sure. It, it certainly has. So uh, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, until next time, I'm Scott Harvey for Scott Shelton. We'll uh, see you next time. James Lunch! Mm-hmm.